This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Why don't we shut our eyes and, and lift our hands like this? Why don't we do this? It's surrender to God. The Bible says we lift up holy hands to a faithful God. He's almighty. And Father, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge that you are the creator. And Father, we look to you to hear from your word today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to each and every person, revealing the word. Lord, use me, speak through me, Lord, your words, not mine, that we can have understanding of this uh, vital topic of faith, that we can have understanding that we can please you and fulfill all that you have for us. And we give you all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. 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 Well, we started um, uh, last week, we did uh, Living by Faith, and we talked about uh, really the, the aspects of faith, and we kind of focused on speaking. And um, in Hebrews eleven six, we talked about without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many want to please God? Well, it's impossible to please him without faith, how she got to believe that he is and that he is rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Say diligently. So we found out that faith is our positive response to what is already ours in Christ. We are responding to the grace of God when he's already done for us all the promises have already been laid up for us before we were here. So we can do nothing to earn a promise or a blessing from God. We weren't around when they were given. It says all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given in us through the knowledge of him. Through knowledge, understanding, we see that the grace of God has been given to all mankind because he died for all. Jesus went to the cross for every single person on this planet that they could experience life everlasting from an eternal God who knows no beginning and no end. He was loving to us and gave us an opportunity to be a part of his family and he gave us everlasting life that we would live forever and ever with him. We saw that faith has two components, believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. This is just the way the kingdom of God operates. And that's the way that we got saved when you had that conviction uh, in your heart that Jesus was Lord and died for you. And Romans 10, 9, 10 says that you um, asked him, believing in your heart, confessing that he is Lord And from your mouth, confession was made. From the heart, confession was made unto salvation. And we see these two components. And we found that the word saved there, sozo, which is the all-inclusive word of Scripture. Every possible blessing, anything that you can find in the Scripture that is from God, that is good, is included in that word, sozo. Anybody here been sozoed? You've been saved? Well, all the blessings of God are there for you by faith, by faith. And we access uh, this grace through the faith of God. It's not of us, it's of him. So we need both believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. And I always got this question anytime I've, I've taught on this. What about the person who cannot speak? You said it has to be believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth. God is bigger than that. Amen. Do I think that person would go to heaven if he's believed in his heart? Absolutely. But if you have a mouth, God wants you to speak. Your mouth is speaking anyway. It might as well speak the promises and provision of God, the goodness of God. Amen? 
2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. And we, we saw that um, the tongue in James, that it's like a rudder on a, a large ship, a little bee thing, rudder controls the ship, directs it, and your tongue directs your direction. What, where's your mouth taking you? Where's your tongue taking you? What direction is it going? Then he, he talked about uh, it's like a bit in the horse's mouth and you steer the horse by that bit. He's saying that you can direct the path of your life by your words. Well, you say, well, I can speak some words, I just don't believe them. Well, if you'll keep saying them, and especially the Word of God, it's powerful. It will get inside of your heart. And you will begin, one day you're saying that maybe out of your head, the next day you're saying that it's in your heart. And that's what we want to get to, is speaking things from our heart. We talked about the 12 spies that went in and, and spied out the promised land that God had given uh, the Israelites. And remember, 10 spies, it says in the word that they had evil report. Now, the report was not immoral. It was not unfactual. It was saying it's everything that God said this lamb was, but... They put a butt in there, and it was contrary to God's word. It said, we're not able to take the land, but God had already said, the land is yours. God said, it's an evil report. They didn't do anything. They just spoke it. They were just having the meeting, saying these things. But two says they had a good report. They agree with the facts and everything. And says, but we're well able to take it. We're well able to take the land. Those two, Joshua and Caleb, got to go into the promised land. Well, I believe that we get to experience the provision, the promises of God, partake of the kingdom of God, because we have a good report. It doesn't mean that we can't talk to each other about what's going on in our life, we always put that our butt is this way. I'm trusting God. I'm believing in the Lord my God. Right now, things are a little tight, but he is my provider. He meets all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Give me wisdom, what steps to take. I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. Above the facts... Above the report that my wallet and the bank account is telling me, I believe what you're saying, Lord. You're my provider. You're my provision. You're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. It's his name. He loves to provide for us and for us to partake. So today I thought I would talk about believing in your heart and head faith versus heart faith. And this could help you if maybe you're having difficulty or you feel stuck. It could be that this is happening in your life. Have you ever noticed that it seems easier for people to believe negative things? It's just, it's the way the world is. It, the news, that they will tell you that the negative news sells better. The ratings are better. But see, we're, we're to have a different news source. We have good news. The news from heaven is always good news. It's unchanging good news. It doesn't change from one day to the other. It doesn't mean that you don't give to God or are blessed because uh, gas prices are going up or inflation is there. There's no inflation in heaven. <laughs> There's no problem. God's not worried. He's not wringing his hands up there. 
He's not calling for the angels. We have a big, big problem called inflation. No. God is at peace. You might as well be at peace too. But Christians can get caught up in the negative, the circumstances, the news, and lose their peace. But always remember, we're of a different kingdom. This isn't our home. We're of a different kingdom. We belong to him. We're ambassadors here. And our provision comes from homeland. Our protection comes from homeland. Hallelujah. Jesus wants us to live here with heaven's peace and heaven's supply. And it pleases him when we release our trust and our faith in him. It pleases him. Why? Because he's a good father and he wants to bless his children. He wants to bless us. He wants everything that was purchased through the price of his son, Jesus Christ, to be released or received, received by his kids here on this earth, his children, his sons and his daughters. He wants to bless us. How many want to bless their children? Yes. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to bless each and every one of us? You know, you can coast in this Christian life and really not use your faith, especially in America. It's kind of changing. I think you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to use their faith. But you can coast along and not really have your faith out there for something but I believe we should always have something we're pressing towards believing God for that's beyond us because it pleases him. There's no limit to what he will do for us. In Mark eleven twenty three, for assuredly I say to you, just Jesus speaking, for assuredly I say to you, whosoever says this mountain, whoever, says to this mountain. Now notice whoever. Anybody in here whoever? We're all whoever's. So Jesus is talking about something that includes every single one of us. Nobody's left out. We're all a whoever. So he said, Surely I say to you, whoever says... To this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now the mountain here would be any type of problem, any type of obstacle, any type of a giant, anything in your way, anything that's causing you grief, <laughs> anything that's... Um, Maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's financial issues. Maybe you're in fear. Maybe you have no peace. Whatever it is, this mountain, you can speak to it and it can be removed. Maybe you're under attack. There is an enemy out there that doesn't particularly care for you. And you can tell him to skedaddle in the name of Jesus. <laughs> But it says that this mountain, this obstacle, whatever problem you're facing, so that means this includes you, whatever you're facing. He said this mountain will respond. Be removed, be cast in sea, does not doubt in his heart. Notice where in the heart. Does not doubt in the heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. What if... What if you don't say? He said you'll have whoever you say if you don't doubt in your heart. Well, I'm not going to say. Try that at your wedding. You know, I just believe. <laughs> you're, you're at the ceremony. Will you take this woman to be your wedded wife and care for her, protect her? So help you, God? I, I believe. Um, 
Bob, that's not the response we're looking for. We need a vocal agreement here. Vocal. You need to say it. I believe. What do you mean you believe? I believe so. Now she's looking at you. You're about not to have a wedding. <laughs> Can you get this out of your mouth? <laughs> Saying. Say it. Well, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm telling the truth if I say he's supplying all my needs. It's the word of God. It's truer than the circumstance. It's truer than the facts. Give a good report. Agree with God. You don't have to go around and get around people and, and, and just start doing your confessions there. I believe the Lord my God is plan on my needs according to its riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as if I never sinned. Why the snow? Don't, don't start doing that. Do it in your prayer time. Do it in your quiet time with the Lord. Don't act like some nut. We're nutty enough being positive in a, a world going wacky. We're positive enough speaking saying truthful things in a world gone nuts. <laughs> it says he will get whatever he says. So head faith versus heart faith. And it's kind of not the easiest thing because they look the same. They can sound the same. They can even be saying the same. Thing. It looks like they're headed in the same direction, but it can be in the head and not in the heart. And one of the examples the Lord gave me uh, years ago would be like you're, you're studying for a test, and if you were like me uh, in high school especially... <laughs> I would just cram just at the last moment, get what I could get. And you could have given me that same test probably the next day or two days later, and I would have failed it dead as a doornail. <laughs> I didn't know the stuff. It, it was just information in my head, but it wasn't in me. It wasn't a part of being in my heart. It wasn't deeper, a deeper level. Or maybe you are driving home and I had a guy ask me, um, which way did you go home? This years ago because there was a wreck or something. I, I said, I don't know. I can't tell you, I just remember showing up in the driveway. I guess I could pray and figure it out. And what was that? I was on automatic pallet. Say automatic pallet. I just knew which way to go. See, we've, we've moved uh, here recently. I had to use GPS to get home. For a while. Finally. It's in me. It's, it's a part. I know how to get there now. So I don't have to use GPS. And it's really bad when GPS was wrong. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I know the house is somewhere. <laughs> but it's, it's a deeper level than just being in your head. So you can agree with God's word, but it does not mean it's in your heart. You can go through the motion. You can practice faith principles. It looks like faith, but it's an intellectual process. So head faith, I got this in your notes. Head faith is information or intellectual. It's, and learning is good. We are to learn. We are to get it in us. It's kind of like, you know, I talked about checks and balances last week on confession. It's kind of a checks and balance on this. You're not going to 
get this heart faith by just playing around. You got to be serious with God. You can't, you can't just every once in a while hit the scriptures, you know, one time a week and then the six days you're filling up with words of doubt and unbelief. You just, it won't work. You're not going to get it into your heart where you want it to be. Faith from the head will not get the promises of God fulfilled in your life. So you'll have people that are upset with God because they think they're walking in faith, but they've never really gotten it in their heart. Faith is an uh, inward conviction with outward expression. And, and one of the things, if you really believe something, you will have corresponding action. If it's really in your heart, you'll do it. And mention uh, tithing and, and giving offerings to God. If you really believe that, I've had people say, I agree with that. I believe that completely. I said, well, are you doing that? Well, no, right now I can't do it. Well, take a step. Well, I can't take a step. And said, so, well, you really don't believe that yet. You need to get in the scriptures and see what God says. But we've all experienced this in one aspect, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. And that is Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Where does he bear witness? In our heart. How many, if you're, if you belong to Jesus, even your life to him, you have experienced him bearing witness that you're a son or daughter of God. That came from the heart. You can actually have, I don't even know if I should throw this out there, but you can have heart faith and even have your mind going crazy on you. My mind's gone crazy. Uh, something I wanted to do, it looked great, sounded great, everything about it was great. And deep inside, my heart was not giving me peace. Ah, nope, I'm just going to have to not do this. I found out a year or two later, I was glad that I did what my heart was telling me and did not respond to that. The uh, Passion Translation says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. I like that. <laughs> but when you have this heart, faith, nobody can talk you out of it. Nobody can come up and talk you out of your salvation. Once you've been saved, it doesn't matter what facts are given to you and told you, no matter what so-called proof is given to you. You're wasting your time. You're not going to talk. Too late. <laughs> He's not going to, nobody can talk you out of it. Why? It's in your heart. It's part of you. You have owned it. Ownership. Heart faith is set and cannot be changed. That's what happens when kids go to college and are rooted and grounded in the truth. A lot of it's just head faith. And then they get facts and things that come against them, contrary to the word of God. They give voice to it or they give ear to it. They give place to it. And it starts eroding the things that they have learned. But... See, the truth wasn't there in their heart. So you got to be rooted and grounded in what the Word says. I had a, a, a friend that was with, witnessing to a group of guys, and uh, I, I think it was just four or five guys, and he said they were all high on drugs. 
And uh, he said, he's just talking to him about Jesus. And he said, they started mocking him. And then they started mocking Jesus and, you know, and saying all this stuff about Jesus except one guy. And this one guy hollered and said, stop. And they, everybody looked at him and he said, Jesus is real. And he confessed, Jesus is my Lord. I'm acting like the devil, but Jesus is my Lord and he's real. He said this while being high on drugs. And it turned out that this young man had grown up in church. He'd gotten away to college, gotten wrong, the wrong, involved with the wrong people. And he had gotten away from his faith. But see, heart faith, he was born again, rose up on the inside him. You're not going to mock my Savior. Let me tell you, he's real. It was in his heart. You can be born again, the child of God, and act stupid. And all of us have acted Raise your hand if you've acted stupid. I'll just lift both my hands. We all have. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. <laughs> Thank you for raising your hand with me. I, I felt lonely. This is one thing that's uh, John Wesley, he was one of the first ones that read. He talked about, he called it mental ascent. And he brought this out, but he said, John Wesley said, many in the church are not really saved. They have mentally subscribed to, to certain truths. These truths are true in their minds, but it's not in their heart. And it goes back to, you know when your heart's into something. I think we all know when your heart's into it. And mentally, there's people that... Um, they look like a Christian and everything, but their heart's not really, has never been fully given to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's mental ascent. And that's creepy to me. Because we want, we want to make sure that everyone is, you know, in the kingdom. I've heard testimonies that people would, um, well, people would hear testimonies and do things that, are not faith, and I, I told you about a couple that I had experienced, or one of them, where all the friends in my group, we had heard this testimony, this guy that gotten rid of his glasses, and he, uh, everybody in my group, um, we all wore, well, three of us wore glasses, um, and, and me, so I guess there's four of us, there's probably seven of us in this group, me and together, we pray and stuff. Anyway, we listened to this, and all of them but me that wearing glasses stomped their glasses. And they looked at me like, you have no faith. And I, I was said, yeah, I just, I don't feel right about this. <laughs> they stomped their glasses, and I had to literally go out and, and direct them how to leave. We were meeting on a cove, had to leave the cove and get out. I'm going, dear Jesus, help them because they're blind out there driving. Well, every one of them had to go buy glasses. They were, they heard some facts, some information but God didn't speak that to them. They weren't in a place, you know, where the, there was peace about that. They were just doing that because somebody else done. Someone else uh, had given a car away because he heard somebody gave a car away and he had to walk for a good while, catch a bus. God didn't tell him to. <laughs> he heard somebody else did it. I, that's not really head faith. That's foolishness. Foolishness. That's foolishness. That's not even head faith. That's dumb. That's right. 
Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, the, notice it shall not depart. This is like there's time involved. But ye shall meditate in it day and night. You may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have faith will say, this is true, I believe it. You ask them if they're doing it. No, I'm so busy. I don't have time for the Bible. But I believe it. Hard faith says, I've changed my priorities. I've set and made time for this priority to get the word of God. And I'm meditating on it, which means to mutter, to imagine, to think, to say. All these things are in meditation. It's a process of getting things into our heart. Get this into my life. Get this into my heart. Get the word of God in you. And it's, it's not something hard. We just It's really just being with him and working on your relationship. How many know you have to work on your relationship? You have to do your homework. You have to spend some time with God and the scriptures to get them in your heart. Well, pastor, you're talking about works. No, I'm not. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about relationship. The work's already been done at the finished work of the cross. The work is done. The grace is available. I'm trusting him, obeying him to access heaven and the kingdom to bring Jesus Christ glory and honor for all that he purchased and paid for me. His blood that was spilled for me is worthy of me following my God trusting him and having confidence in him and, and trying to walk in the purpose and plan to the best of my ability, but beyond my ability, I want to tap into his supernatural grace, his ability. That's what I'm believing for. You have to spend some time, get it in your heart. Just like when you plant, it's a seed. It says that the word of God is an incorruptible seed. You need to plant it. Where do you do it? You plant it in your heart. And you keep cultivating water and it comes up and you have a harvest. Head faith acknowledges the word but doesn't act on it. Head, heart faith is an inward conviction of what we believe God for that has corresponding actions. And it's not a cookie cutter formula. We all have different uh, personalities, the way God deals with us. You look at how Jesus dealt with people in the Bible. Everyone was different because we're all different. We all have, it's, it's personal between our Lord and us. So take the promises of God and you make them personal. That's how you get in your heart. Proverbs 4.20, my son, give attention to my words and climb your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart See the process here? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We're talking about life, health. We're talking about grace is in the promises, in the word. And he says, don't let them depart. Keep them before your eyes. New Living Translation says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The, the word inside of you can become more real than the facts, the circumstances, the problems, the mountains, the things that you're facing. The word, you have to get it inside before you get it outside. That's God's kingdom way. That's the way it works. He's placed the kingdom of God on the inside of you. It says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You work out the things of the kingdom. Abraham, he was fully convinced his faith was more real than his physical, the physical realm, his physical senses. Natural evidence was totally against him and Sarah. But he had, 
a good report. He believed God above the natural, that they could not have children. It was, a, it was impossible. If he had gone to the doctor, they would have said, it's medically impossible. If he had Googled it, can I have baby? <laughs> this is not going to happen. But he believed God. And they had a baby. The spiritual realm made this natural realm. The spiritual realm is more powerful than this natural realm. God spoke and this, nat this natural realm was created. And he expects us to be speaking. And when we speak his word, he backs it up. He'll back it up. And he spoke. He could have sat out there and said, well, it sure is dark out here. It got darker probably. <laughs> sure is dark out here. No, he said, light be. And light was. So we got to change our focus till it gets inside of us. So where are you focused on? No, probably if we were like David facing Goliath today, we'd get online and find everything about Goliath that we could possibly find. Become an expert on Goliath and start building our faith in how strong and mighty Goliath was. And forget about the barren line that we had already defeated. All right, moving on. And I want to mention long-term sickness or tragedy or abuse or rejection that's been your life. This can be uh, your identity can get wrapped up in it. I think it's real easy to slip into a head faith place there. You got to make sure that you look at the heart. And there's not a chart to this. Not, like I said, it's not a formula. You can't spend five hours in the Word and you can, you can move one quarter mountain. <laughs> Ten hours, half a mountain. It, it doesn't work like that. What, what happens is one day you're reading the word, confessing something over your life. And suddenly it changes. And it's yours. You, it dropped from your head to your heart and you know when it does. Have you ever read something in the word and all of a sudden it came alive to you? It just dropped from your head to your heart. Revelation. It's yours now. And that day will, will happen to you, but we have to spend some time with him. It should be we get to spend some time with him. We get to spend some time with God. Once you start, you get addicted I mean, say amen. amen to being with him and hearing from him because his word is him speaking to us. Luke 4, verse 17. I hope that helps you in heart faith some. Uh, I want to mention um, one other thing about speaking what God says. In Luke chapter 4, this is uh, Jesus speaking, speaking in his hometown. Verse 17, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. 
And the eyes of all were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now notice here that Jesus gets up in the temple. He, he opens the scriptures. Do you think he was just flipping through the scriptures and by accident he turned to Isaiah? How many believe that? If you believe that, I got a bridge I want to sell you. <laughs> now, on purpose, he turned to this passage. This passage was about the Messiah. The Jews had heard this many times, taught and read. But this time, something was different because everyone stopped and stared at him. And what's he do? Today, this is fulfilled in your ears. He did it. <laughs> he told them, I'm the one that I'm reading about. I'm the one who is anointed to preach the good news to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. Set the captives. I'm the one. I'm the Messiah. And I want you to know he got great reviews. It went over great. Oh, that's a different version. It's the compromised version. Now, his first sermon in his hometown, what did they do? They take him to the top of a cliff to push him off. Well, Jesus, couldn't you have softened that you knew this was going to happen. Couldn't you soften the, the word a little bit? And No. He needed to say the word. Why? Because he loved them. He wanted to see the blind eyes open. He wanted the miraculous power of God to be released to them because of love. But see, they had grown up with him. Jesus had played with the kids in the neighborhood and all that's Joseph and Mary's son, the, the carpenter, you know, he's helping his dad and, and all this. And he said, hey, let's take him to the top of the cliff. They were offended instead of accepting the word of God. Are you offended at what the word says or do you accept it? Jesus spoke the word that would have given life and wholeness to that people. To his own hometown. But they, they did not. God's power, it's in your notes, is activated by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. God is pleased when we release faith to him. What was Jesus doing? What was Jesus actually doing? He was confessing the word about what God says about him. Are you getting the picture? Are you confessing the word about what God says? says about you Jesus did it how do you think John the Baptist came to the place he did he found himself back in Isaiah 40 a voice crying out in the wilderness he found himself in the book my question to you have you found yourself in the book you're the redeemed. You're in Christ. What was said about Christ can be said about you. Because you get the inheritance. You get what he has. John the Baptist said he could have doubted. I'm sure there was doubt. That he, he had this going on. To, it was in his heart burning. Doubt 
look at me. I'm not one to prepare the way for the Lord. And you start looking at your natural weaknesses. We all were prone to do that. Look at ourselves. But if we'll get the focus on Jesus, if we'll look to him, I don't trust my wisdom. I trust his wisdom. I don't trust my strength. I trust his strength. My faith is in him and what he did for me. And I receive it. I accept it. I take hold of it. I make it mine. I get it in my heart. And I start speaking that I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am precious in his sight. The same love that Father God has for Jesus, he has for me. The peace of God has been given unto me. Jesus said, my peace I leave unto you. And you say, well, I have no peace. And God said, I give you my peace. You need to start saying, I have your peace. Well, I'm weak. Everything I do goes the wrong direction. I'm just weak, weak, weak. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. You've got to start saying it despite what it looks like, what it feels like, how you act like sometimes. Say what the Word says. Get it in your heart and your behavior, your your behavior and your actions will begin to line up with the Word of God because what's in your heart and you speak forth comes to pass. It will come to pass. Hallelujah. Well, that got me happy, but okay. <laughs> Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. He's anointed to bring our heart-filled words of faith to pass. we got to stop speaking words of defeat, hopelessness, and fear. That things go from bad to worse. You might have to hold on to your dreams and your faith for a while. I was speaking of Loretta uh, Edson, and, you know, she's got three. She has gone 12 years trying to get a publisher to publish, you know, book. And now, what happened? Now, it's, it's funny, it's almost humorous, the games you have to play to get that done. And she wasn't willing to do some things she didn't have in her heart was right. And so she didn't do it. But out of the blue, she gets a call from a publisher. Now she's got three books on tag with this publisher. They contacted her. All the others were turning her down and just going through stuff. But she would not let go of her faith and her dream. She believed God. And now they're wanting more books. God is faithful. God is good. Philemon 6 in closing, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You mess up, just tell yourself, that's not me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We gonna mess up? Sure. But there's provision. He's faithful and just that cleanses from all unrighteousness. Let's bow our heads, shut our eyes. If you never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, he loves you unconditionally. He sent Jesus to die for you. He took your sins. See, God is a holy, perfect God. He's perfect. He's pure holiness. And we came approaching. 
except through Jesus Christ, through the blood. He wants you to be a part of his family. The Bible says that you've got to believe in your heart and confess him as Lord. Believe that God the Father raised him from the dead. That's you this morning. I want you to just repeat this prayer on the inside. You watching online, same for you. You can be a part of the greatest family, <laughs> an everlasting family, the family of God. And actually God, the creator, the eternal one, will be your father. He wants to father you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. He has so much to show you and so much to give you. He loves you. All I want you to do is repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Mean business with God. Don't just say a prayer to get someone off your back. Do it because you know God is pulling and tugging on your heart now. Let's all say it together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus who died for me, who took my sins, took my guilt. He took everywhere I've ever missed it. He shed his blood on Calvary's cross to purchase my salvation. And he was raised again on the third day because the price had been paid. And now I accept that gift of Jesus Christ, that finished work of the cross. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I will follow you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord, make the right steps to accomplish that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this new life. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.